Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am very excited to welcome to the show someone who has been on the show three times on the Thursday group show, but each time, but especially the last time I'm like, I need a little more time with this guy without all these other people so that I can really get to the heart of like, what makes him tick? Will we find out today? I don't know. I also need to say right at the top, something is going on with my left ear. And so it is distracting to me. So in the way that I'm not normally on top of my game, I'm going to be even like, here's me. And like my game is in the other room. Can't decide if that was clever or just very (laughs) ridiculous sounding. I think it was ridiculous sounding, but I'm only hearing it out of my right ear. So anyway, please put your hands together for pro wrestler, artist, Twitch streamer, lover of animals, <laughs> former <laughs> radio personality, Dalton, <laughs> someone who's choking, Dalton Castle. Hello. Mm, Hi. Was, oh my God. What an operative moment for my throat to just quit on me. <laughs> Does that? Hello. Welcome. Hello. You sure Welcome. you want to do this? I mean, you have for sure you figured it out. I'm not that deep of a person. There's not yeah, much I, more to get to. Well, that's what we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> won't Here's we? Th- won't we? Here's the thing. And I didn't intend to bring this up right at the start because I have other things I want to get to. You were up at 2 a.m. looking at a groundhog. I mean, <laughs> there's. I have a special message from someone we're going to play. There's a lot of st- – it's a surprise. There's a – surprise uh, – <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, but here's the deal. On the most recent Thursday show, uh, RJ City, who you've come on every time with, uh, we we realized that you guys are opposites. Mm-hmm. He is a miserable, gloomy, neurotic person. I don't know how much I agree with all that, but that's like how he presents uh, comedically. No, no, it's pretty true. It yeah, might be true. he's a nervous wreck. <laughs> You're seen like a hamster in like a on a seven year old's hands. How their eyes are oh, bulging yes. out and they're shaking. That's RJ, okay. but just every moment in life, right? Um, and like even in happy moments, he has trouble feeling joy. Whereas you are the opposite. Seemingly, you seem to be able to stay in the moment. If things go wrong, you're able to laugh about it. Um, According to RJ on the show, even when things are like times of your life where things like right now, things seem to be going really well for you and congratulations. But even in times of your life where it wasn't like that, when you had been injured, you didn't know if you're going to be able to continue wrestling. You still were just as happy as someone Uh, who would like to be like that and who's not like that. I'm just like, I need to I need to find out what went into uh, what what created this person. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, thank you for coloring me like that. Uh, I do feel generally happy. I think I always kind of steer towards the, uh, the bright side of the situations. And I don't know if that's just who I am naturally, or if I've just been kind of lucky 
where my life is great, uh, that I, I don't really have much to complain about. And, or is it a, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, something I consciously do, uh, because I do have sad days. I do have them. And I would say I just have more happy days than sad, or I do my best to try to like point out what's good in life and really concentrate on that. And that kind of makes things easier. I was listening to an episode of Sam Roberts podcast that you were on in 2016. And you did talk on that show about a stretch of time where you were depressed. So Mm -hmm. you're not just Mr. Sunshine. Exactly. Yeah. I I just, I don't know, maybe I've learned getting older. I've learned it's easier to go through life if you accept what's happening and also like look at the hilarity of the situation. Like RJ says, I'm I'm able to kind of embrace when things are falling apart and make Mm -hmm. fun and laugh, especially, I I would say, especially when things are going bad. That's sometimes the funniest moments to me because Oh, what can you do other than if you sit there and panic about how awful it is and then start thinking about how worse it's going to get, I start thinking about how worse it's going to get. And then it makes me laugh. <laughs> do you find yourself catastrophizing ever? What does that mean? Like thinking about the worst case scenario. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I, I suppose maybe you kind of just answered that, that you don't do that, but catastrophizing I- would be like, I'm nervous about, let, let's say you had surgery the next day mm-hmm. Cata- or, you know, in a few days, catastrophizing would be thinking about every single way it could go wrong. I used to, I, okay. I, it's still like those thoughts pop up, but I have been on this planet for 36 years and I've gotten through every awful thing that's come in my path. And because I've gotten through all that, I real I, I realize when something bad comes across, I'll get through that too. I just got to remind myself that like, this is just another thing I got to, I got to work towards. And once I like convince myself of that, which is not easy, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. Sometimes it takes days. Um, then it gets a little easier and just accept because like a lot of times the worry that I have is about stuff that hasn't even happened. So like, why am I worrying about it? It hasn't happened yet. It's not real. I would, I think by definition, all worrying is about stuff that hasn't happened yet. Right. Yeah. So that's ridiculous to even like, let it, uh, like occupy your brain at all. See, that's what I'm saying. That's so healthy. That is a mindset that most people can't achieve. Tony Thaxton. Hello. Hi. (laughs) How far into it are we? Uh, I mean, we're like seven, eight eight minutes. minutes. Yeah. But I mean, this is that's uh, different on the uh, on the Monday show. Yes. You, well, you did used to come to me early, but now now it's just like whenever it happens. Honestly, yeah. if I didn't have this ear issue, and if I were fully off my game in the normal way, I'm off my game and not even further off my game, then I feel like <laughs> I would have gone to you around the three or four minute mark. Mm. What do you think's going on with your ear? Is is it the headphone or is it your actual ear? No, it's my actual ear. I was feeling some allergy earlier, so. There's two different allergy pill or medications I will take. One is Zyrtec, which is a pill, and the other is this like nasal spray thing that the ear, nose, and throat doctor gave me. Uh, and so I had that in my room, 
God forbid I go out of the room to get Zyrtex. So I'm like, I'm just going to use that. And I did that. And I'm wondering if like, if I don't know if it irritated something or if it went in the wrong place or I don't know. But since then, one of my ears has felt clogged. But I feel like this has been happening a lot lately. When you need new ears. You ever think of that? Yeah. I hadn't thought point. about that. Where does one get them? I got an ear guy. Claire's. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no, that's where you go to get your new earrings. Oh, do they sell ears mm. now? Yeah, they're in the back. Wonderful. Everything for your head is at Claire's. There was a head shop <laughs> in Orange slogan, County. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there was a wait. head shop called Things for Your Head. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Sorry. It was called Things for Your Head. But then I think they were worried that it was too like salacious. So they changed it to Things for You. But it was still just a head shop. It, wait, it's a head shop. Is that like smoke stuff? What is? Yeah. yeah. Where? Like, oh, what? Hookahs. What they, bo- hookahs, bongs, probably like lighters with naked ladies on them. Um, <laughs> maybe some pewter spoon teaks or something. What did they call those stores where where you grew up? No, I think they're called head shops. Okay. Well, now a- where I live now, they all just said vape shop. Like they're all vape something. Yes. Vape is the new head. <laughs> That's there. <laughs> hey man, That's... you ever got road vape? <laughs> I know people who've gotten in accidents over road vape. Um, okay, all right. I say let's start with a surprise message for you, uh-huh. Dalton. Okay, I'm so excited. Hey, Dalton, Jimmy Pardo here. Uh, listen, uh, Allison tells me that you're the guest uh, on her show this week. Don't screw this up. The last thing I need to hear is that you throw her into a half Nelson or, a, God forbid, a full Nelson or a fireman's carrier or some other wrestling term that I remember from way back in the day. Anyway, let's hit the mat. Stay safe. Pen and two, goggles and gloves. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest surprise ever. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> goggles and gloves. <laughs> well, I know you're a best. never not funny Jimmy Pardo fan. Yes. So I huge. thought maybe I could get a message from him to you. And that was that. Uh, Allison, that was so great. I love that. Thank oh, you. Good. You're so I'm going to tell my friends I was on Jimmy's podcast because I'm on a podcast <laughs> on a podcast with Jimmy. I'll say. Yes, that's what you should say. Um, OK, so a lot, a lot to get to. Let's just first hear. A bit. I, I still want to go back to all the stuff we were talking about. Um, and you said that you had like learned in your, in your 36 years, you've overcome a bunch of bad stuff. And of course I'm legally obligated to follow up with like, what is the bad stuff? But let's get to that after we talk about a couple other things, because you said that you were up till 2am to see a groundhog, please. Oh my God. Yes. Let us know. Yes. And was it worth it is the question I'm still (laughs) asking myself. Okay, so uh, you, you know the movie Groundhog Day with of Bill course. Murray. Uh, it takes place in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, which the movie I, I learned after visiting uh, d- was filmed in Indiana, not <laughs> was not filmed where I went. Okay, but the spirit of the fest is still alive, such as the movie. Uh, it's bananas. So uh, another wrestler, one of my very good friends, Matt Taven. Uh, he's like my travel guy for a while. It was like me, RJ, Matt, we were car buddies and then, um, we're still friends today, which is great. And Matt, uh, had texted me and said, he's going to the festival. 
he had bought a ticket and booked the car and the hotel like weeks in advance. And he was going alone. He was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to wrestle on a show a couple of days after in the area. You should call the promoter, get on that show and then come to the festival. And uh, I said, the show part sounds terrible, but I'll come to the <laughs> I'll come to the festival. <laughs> so I, I flew out there just I don't know. I feel like we went for the the Lord that we could just say we went. Yeah. Uh, 2 a.m. We woke up. Uh, we stayed at a hotel about 40 minutes out. We we got dressed up like we were going sledding. I brought my uh, my snowboarding pants that I've had for 15 years. They're bright red. <laughs> and we, uh, we got out of the car. You park about a mile and a half away because you have to pay for a parking pass and they're all sold out. So you park at the bottom of this hill in a small town and it's dark and people are just getting out and walking up this street. I, as soon as I got out of the car, it was 14 degrees, and I oh my God. immediately realized I did not have enough clothes on. <laughs> so I started digging through my luggage in the car and started putting more layers on. We uh, we walk, I don't remember how long it took, but it was this dark, unlit road up straight hill uh, for a mile and a half. And when we get there, there was already about 2,000 people. Oh my gosh. Uh, just sitting around this stage watching these dudes on uh, they, I feel like they were radio DJs or something. They were in funny tuxedos and hats and they're just listening to the music, dancing, singing like some sort of parody song every couple minutes that was groundhog themed. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a bonfire. There were some food trucks, people selling hot chocolate. It was really excited. It sounds <laughs> very quaint. Yeah. And I, everyone seemed to be having like an, okay time i, I looked around too cold it, yeah i don't think everybody was having a great time but everybody's having a good time why does it have to happen at 2 a.m i don't know uh like the whole thing is they're gonna wake this groundhog up at 7 30 but the whole process takes four hours i guess because groundhogs are really uh deep they're sleepers? moody <laughs> deep sleepers everybody knows that <laughs> But every time I got bored and I just looked at Matt and I said, so this is it? We, we just stand here and watch these guys on stage dance for hours? They would like set off a confetti cannon or a, a firework display would happen just after I said it. So I was like, they must have known I was getting bored. And then they draw your attention somehow. They can feel it. Wow. T Tony, I think you were going to ask a question. Oh, I was just curious. You... You said the hotel was 40 minutes away. Was that because that it's that big of a thing and that's the closest hotel you could get because everything else was sold out? Or was this just where you stayed? Um, I don't. I'm assuming it's because there's not really hotels in that area. It's a small uh, town. Okay. So and maybe the hotels that were available there. I'm on, we're above that. I'm a global <laughs> superstar. <laughs> also, I'm using Marriott points. So we got to. Yeah. Really limited, limited to where I can stay. Limited. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean. You want to know more about the groundhog? I want to know. I just His wondering. name is Phil, by the way. It's Phil. Hasn't it been Phil for longer than a groundhog's lifespan? I don't. This is a different What's, kind of groundhog. What is that? I mean, mean, that is what it was in the movie, too. Yeah. Puxatani Phil. But I'm just yeah. saying, I feel like every groundhog, like the part of Phil is now being played by Gladys. She's two years old. Well, the Dicks. thing about it. Go ahead. You can name a groundhog Phil. Like multiple groundhogs can be named Phil. There's no rules. 
<laughs> I, guess you're, I guess you're right. But didn't someone get in trouble for dropping the groundhog, some politician? No. Oh, I don't know about that. But I do okay. know the whole time Matt and I were like going, what if they open it up and he's dead? <laughs> and in Quebec, it happened that day. Wait, they have. So this happens at a lot of places, not just Puxatani. Oh, yeah. Groundhogs are pretty big in the Northeast. Okay. I mean, no, I'm I, wondering I don't know whether... how many places it happens. All right. Has the groundhog ever seen it? Does the groundhog sometimes see its shadow? How does this work? Well, he definitely saw it this year. Okay. Because we had more winter? Yeah. Well, that was the, one of the wild things. Like, it's this big party. Everyone's, like, excited. And then they come out and do this big presentation. And they go through the whole spiel. And he selects the, the scroll. And they read this poem. And the second he says six more weeks of winter... 5,000 people just start booing a groundhog. <laughs> like, boo, you suck, Phil, boo. <laughs> and then they just kind of all turn around and saunter away. And there's like no finale, no music. It just what? ends. <laughs> you, you need a catharsis at the end. It was you, so like, weird. You should have to sacrifice Phil because everyone's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Okay. The only so- way to get the sun to rise. So in Quebec, the groundhog was dead? I guess. By the, I mean, way, I, by the way, I just looked it up, and in 2014, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio accidentally dropped a groundhog, <laughs> and a few days later it died. That's so sad! <laughs> the whole thing is that I actually, I don't think I support this anymore, because no, after... Know. After the thing, well, by the way, they pull this terrified animal out who is in this cage, this the log-shaped container. I don't know when they – they probably put him in about 30 minutes before they pull him out, I hope. Otherwise, there's just this terrified rodent with like thousands of people just screaming. And I just imagine him in this dark box just like eyes bulging out and just shaking and everyone's yeah. just like, wake up, Phil! Yeah! <laughs> I still do, I still don't quite understand why it has to start at two, though. Is it so there can be hours and hours of lead up to it? Yeah, That's it's what a it party. sounds like. I don't understand why any of it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and also, before the movie, did they do any of this? They must yeah, have. Yeah, the movie's... Based, based on this yeah. right but i have to imagine it's gotten bigger and more robust since the movie right i would imagine it brought a lot of attention to it certainly yeah. but i have no idea i'm did not a groundhog s- anymore <laughs> Ooh, how did what did how did you how did you rid yourself of groundhog i don't want to get into it but there was an incident okay all right i'll allow that okay so I know that you grew up in Rochester, right? But you live in Nashville now. That's correct. Um, you're the youngest of how many? Four. I'm the youngest of four. And There's brother, a oldest, brothers, older okay. sister, and then two brothers, and then I'm the youngest. Yeah. So, what was your childhood like? Uh, pretty good. I have some pretty loving and supportive parents. Um, my siblings, we all seem to get along, but I, be, being the youngest, I got beat up a lot. Mm. So by I, well, by my brothers, they're both older than me. Um, we're all two years apart. So my oldest brother's four years older. Me and my sister's six years older, and she was kind of we're latchkey kids. Our mm-hmm. both parents worked, and 
at a young age, I remember we just get off the bus and we come home and my sister kind of was my, she really took care of me. She looked out for me, um, but she wasn't always there. There mm. was times my brothers would just beat the crap out of me. I remember, oh boy, I don't know if I want to mention this. Uh, <laughs> they used, I remember getting a wedgie from the bunk bed, from the top bunk. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were standing on the ground and they were on the top. Bunk. I wasn't on. I was in the air. Oh, 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 sorry. My my understanding of wedgies is limited by, I guess, my sheltered upbringing. Yeah, I yeah. thankfully have not had too many. I mean, I've had wedgies just from walking around, but I've not had any like wedgies administered to me. Oh, my God. So that's like a, an atomic wedgie. Yeah, I would tub. say. Yeah. Ah, uh, but uh, I got I don't know. It gave me grit. <laughs> nope, you develop, oh, develop oh. some grit. <laughs> uh, my sister used to dress me up uh, in drag when I was real young. She would do my makeup. Uh, mm -hmm. And we would also, I remember she would, we would put together these like family skits for like uh -huh. parties. So like we'd go to like our cousin's house for a holiday or something. And then we would make the whole family become a captive audience and do these <laughs> lip syncing routines. Was it uh, all, all your siblings or just your sister and you? It was all of us. Yeah, all uh -huh. four of us. She would force us all to be in it. And I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I never, never really knew what I was doing. Um, what? Is there, do you think there's a relationship between her dressing you in drag and putting you in makeup and you and, and your Dalton Castle character now? Who, yeah, if, I think if anyone whole... doesn't know, like you, you have a very androgynous, flamboyant. Um, Colorful and glittery. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Character. Glam rock. I, right. I feel, yeah, I think every step of my life has prepared me for the career that I, I landed in um, mm. un, unintentionally. Like it was all an accident. Uh, we played sports. Three of us played soccer. My oldest brother played football and baseball. But my father like taught, I mean, teach, he coached every one of us who played soccer Mm -hmm. So I got to have like my father as my coach for most of my life. And then I was the only one who got into wrestling. We, we, we watched pro wrestling when we were real little. I remember my brothers would push the, we had these two couches in the basement and they would push them together. Like, so they would face each other and we uh -huh. pretend that was a giant ring. And, <laughs> uh, I would put on plastic bags like uh, grocery bags where I'm like mm -hmm. a tank top and tear it off like Hulk Hogan <laughs> <laughs> and um but when I was like 11 I started wrestling in school um and we all kind of like picked a different sport to go down mm -hmm. and that was I was lucky enough to to fall into that one and you were drawn to that because this is what I've what I've gleaned from my research uh which is spotty, but your sister's boyfriend, who you thought mm -hmm. was very cool, was into wrestling. And is that why you chose it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was real cool. Um, I went to a... Our town was huge that we lived in. It was a really mm -hmm. big town. We had four high schools. And the middle school I was in, like, seventh grade came around, and they were, like, listing off the sports that they offer in gym class for... Uh, and... They said wrestling and like popped up, perked up because like I knew my sister's boyfriend wrestled and I was like, I'm going to I'll try that. 
Mm-hmm. And I had to leave the school I was in because my school didn't have the team. I had to get on a bus after school and go to a different school. And so be you were the- committed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't know anybody there. I was the only person who would travel over there. It was really weird. Oh, that's not true. I think one other kid came with me the first year. But yeah, I really, it was scary. Yeah. D- did you like it right away? And if so, do you, can you articulate what appealed like what you liked about it. I don't know. I must have liked it because I kept going back. But it, I remember being it, torturous. It was way harder than I was anticipating. It, I didn't know anything. And I was, I don't, my first year was in seventh grade. I don't think I won a match. I got beat up a lot. And part of that was I was missing like 40 minutes of practice every day by traveling on mm. the bus. But then the next year, uh, I was the, I was on the, I was in eighth grade, so I was one of the older kids on the team. And I started to get it in a little better. And the second like things started clicking in my head, it got enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So then uh, senior, or not senior, um, after my freshman year, I had to do the same thing in high school. I had to travel to another school. And then after that year, I realized I loved wrestling. And so I switched high schools. So I wouldn't miss 30 minutes of practice anymore. Mm -hmm. Were you um, like a big kid, a little kid? And and at what did you hit at at what point in all of it? Did you hit puberty? I don't think I'm there yet. (laughs) It'll happen. It'll happen when it happens. (laughs) I do. I have hopes. I want to grow a a really thick beard. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't. I was like. I wasn't like a big kid. I probably weighed like 130 when I was in middle school, early high school. I graduated high school at like one. I was wrestling at 171 my senior year. So what is it? That's kind of not big. That's average, right? Yeah, I think so. I actually have a question about that because in 2004, you were wrestling at 171. And then in 2010, you were in the 215 pound division. So Puberty. what happened? Is that, is that what that was? <laughs> I don't know what that, maybe <laughs> I went to college. Wait, what years was it? 2004 was when I graduated high school. Right. I guess my question is like when an athlete does that, is that because they're eating eggs and building muscle or is it like watching TV and eating ice cream? <laughs> well, definitely ate a lot of ice cream in college. Uh, it, I think it has to do with I'm just working out more and I'm growing faster. And you kind of stunt your growth or your your weight a lot in wrestling. I may have been wrestling at 171 in like college, 174 a couple of years, but I was probably weighing 190, 185 because they had to, you had to cut down weight oh, each week. Oh, right. How do you do? How did you do that? Well, in my early years. I would, uh, you do like the, the sauna suits, you, like you have like these rubber suits that you put on and you lose like a ton of water weight, like last minute. Uh, you, uh, you really limit your intake of food and water the last couple of days. And I had a terrible habit of, uh, puking, uh, before matches, like the week before I would free like you I would, yourself. Yeah. Weird. Like. I would call it seasonal bulimia. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it was, 
because I learned that it would help me drop a couple pounds real fast yeah. before before I weigh in. So I just kept doing it. It was like a lazy uh, cheat. And I have go ahead. My teeth paid the price. Oh, Ton really? of cavities after that. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have never. I feel like I should almost jump at, at this point. This should almost be a trigger warning for people with who struggle with eating disorders. Um, I've never successfully been able to make myself throw up except when I've been drunk. And I feel like all women who came of age at a certain time did try. Uh, but I was just like, I, I could gag and stuff, but nothing would come up. However, if I was actually sick or had drank too much, then so easy. You should come to the groundhog festival. We'll get you puking. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is the I, I'm realizing something strategic. Is the point that you want to actually legitimately weigh more than your class because I mean than your division because that gives you um, an advantage, and then you cut weight right before? Is that is that what's going on? I I don't know what. It, well, obviously, what's better is to be healthy at the weight that you are if you can lower your body fat and be naturally that weight you're going to compete kind of like better but a lot of guys so in the beginning of the year you would take this test it's called the hydration test you uh you try to lose as much weight as you can and then you have to keep your hydration levels up and you go to the doctor and they measure your you pee in a cup and then they the litmus test and then they're like, Oh, okay, you're hydrated. And then they measure your body fat and they tell you legally how far down you can go. Mm. And once they give you that bottom number, almost always your coach is like, all right, that's your weight class. So, but why? I think it's because everyone's doing it. So if you stay where you are, you're going to be wrestling people who are much larger than you. And yeah, that, right. stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of different places to go. Let's just let's stay with wrestling for a minute. What's interesting to me, and I'm sure I'm the millionth person to say this, but it's interesting that what you were doing, Greco-Roman wrestling, which seems more rigorous than it's more, more rigorous, more of a like genuine sport, um, arguably more competitive is considered amateur wrestling, but then pro wrestling is much more theatrical. Like I said, I'm sure that this is not a unique thought. Mm -hmm. Well, it also happens like you're not getting paid. Oh, is that what the makes other amateur stuff. versus pro? Right. Is that what that refers to? I believe I so. Okay. Okay. So I know that you, you thought that, Greco-Roman was the direction you wanted to go as opposed to professional wrestling, right? Yeah, I never thought I was going to be a pro wrestler. But why? I, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things I never thought I'd be doing. I, I guess I just never. All right, my friends were pro wrestlers. When we were 15, uh, my, one of my best friends started to train in the local area to be a, a pro wrestler. And then I would... I was still competing in high school and on the weekends that I wasn't at a tournament, I would travel with him and I made all these friends and I saw what they were doing. But yeah, I think that's uh, what it was is like, it looked fake to me. I knew what I was mm -hmm. doing was harder than what they were doing. And I didn't look at it. I, I liked it and I respected what they were doing, but I didn't 
I don't think I saw it as the art form that it, I do now. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, was... I had a lot more in the tank for, for what I was doing with uh, amateur wrestling. And I wasn't ready to stop doing that. I loved it. It consumed my life. I started when I was 11 years old. I, I've been in wrestling for is almost like 28 years now. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was weird to think of doing anything other than what I was doing at the time. How was professional wrestling regarded among the people doing amateur wrestling? Oh, it looked down upon a lot. Okay. Although there are a couple of teammates in high school. I, like there was this uh, kid, Nick, he was uh, one of the lightweights. So I was probably like one, 70 he would have been like 115 maybe a 93 pounder he was real light uh i remember him and i would before the tournaments start you go to a, a high school wrestling tournament it's in a gymnasium uh wrestling mats are giant i don't know if you've ever seen one but there's like six of them on the gym floor so the entire yes. gym floor is mats uh, everyone's sitting in the stands, but before the tournament starts, all like the, the teams uh, kind of like grab a, a quarter of a mat and they like drill and hang out together. And me and this kid, Nick would uh, have a pro wrestling match against each other. And sometimes like our friends on other teams in the stands would start cheering us on. So we're just like clotheslining each other. And instead of, instead of doing what we should be doing, which is like drilling moves and getting ready for our match, we're, <laughs> We're having a pro wrestling match. So <laughs> it was a way to loosen up. Um, so I guess a couple people thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. What if you want to stick with amateur wrestling? What what direction does that go? Like, what is the career path for that? I'm thinking you, of doing it. Yeah, yeah, you can get into it. Well, there's open division tournaments, I believe. You can like compete in these uh I guess Olympic caliber world class tournaments. I don't know if there there must be prize money involved. Uh, I think a lot of the guys they like make their money like teaching, like running mm-hmm. camps. I remember in the summertime when I was in college, I would I would travel to all these different like uh, wrestling camps and I would work as a counselor. But these camps were put on by like national champions from the NCAA that would just put their name on there and they would teach a clinic for like a week long. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where they mostly make their money. So you mentioned that um, your brothers would beat you up and then there was someone else who was beating you up and I'm forgetting now, but. Everybody. Everyone would beat me up. Would everyone beat you up? No, I don't know. Okay. I I had older Uh, brothers and I, I learned to kind of, handle myself as I got a little older because I was a wrestler. And also I was just a I guess I was still happy and cheery. Wasn't very punchable. Wait, you you weren't very punchable because you were happy and cheery? Yeah, who wants to punch the smiley guy? Well so I was gonna ask was do you feel like you were bullied? It sounds like it was more good natured. I I don't remember getting bullied much. Um no, no, I don't. Are you close with your brothers now? Like, are you angry about having been beaten up? No, we're very good now. We're close. Yeah, I'm not angry about it because I think they've made me into who I am. My my one brother, uh, he's the oldest one, and he's a much larger human than me, which is a weird. We come in all shapes. My one brother was like, when we were younger, he was probably like 270, 280. He was a big, burly, like... Uh, 
what would you call it? Like a strongman build, like big mm-hmm. barrel chested. And our middle, middle brother was real skinny and like uh, maybe like 130. And then I was, uh, I'm, you know, I'm the handsome, muscly Adonis. So <laughs> we come in all shapes. They saved the best for last. But my biggest brother, we would, we would go to the gym together and work out. And then somehow we developed this game between us. Oh, it's real funny. Tony, you should try this sometime. Um, he would make, he would keep his eye on me. And if I ever was just standing there with my mouth, uh, sort of open, just with my jaw a little open, he would punch me in the face and see if he could knock me out. Oh my he was God. Like, oh. Yeah. And then we would do that to each other. It was a fun game. Did he ever <laughs> knock you out? He never knocked me out. No, he would never really go, uh, with the force that it would take, yeah. but it would definitely hurt a lot. And one time we were at the gym working out. <laughs> so stupid. I was taking off one of the 45 pound plates. That's the big ones, Allison. Okay. And he saw my hands were full and he just punched me across the face. And like, to be funny, I was going to spike. I went to spike the weight down to start a fight with him. And I spiked it right on my foot. <gasps> so like, it was oh, a double no. whammy. <laughs> Did he laugh? Well, yeah. Go- Right. No, he didn't. He doesn't feel. No, no. He punched me in the face. He didn't feel bad at all. I don't. I didn't know if maybe there was a line. It was my fault. I had my mouth open. Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> so your sister, it sounds like she was like in. Listen the, to this, uh, by the way. Okay. Oof. You hear that? Do that again. That's fun. That's this my is jaw. Jaw popping in and out. Is that TMJ or is that yeah. your brother punching you? Okay. Well, who knows? I'm going to guess it's the jaw or the punch. No, I think it's from a wrestling match. I once dislocated my jaw in uh, in high school re- uh, wrestling a guy. What happens when you dislocate your jaw? Does someone have to pop it back in place? It was, uh, I went for like a double over. So you like hook the, uh, it was a suplex. I went for a, a throw and he blocked by dropping his head below my jaw. Mm. And like, so like all his body weight on his head came and my head hit the mat, and then his head and his whole body can crush it on my jaw. So it popped out, and I was rolling around on the ground. And the ref, he, this is the best line I've ever heard from a ref, comes walking over, sees me in pain, and he goes, two words, mouthpiece. Ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. And, and uh, in freestyle, you have to wrestle with a, uh, a hanky or a rag tucked in your, your uh, singlet. Why? Oh, in case you're bleeding, you just oh. pull that out and you wipe the blood off and then you okay. put it back in your your underpants and then you start wrestling again. Well, they've thought of everything. So I took my blood rag out and I put it in my mouth and then I finished the match. They call them blood rags? Yeah. We ladies have something called that too. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So wait though, when your jaw was out of, like popped out of socket, could you move your mouth? I mean, did, did it just go back or did you have to like get someone to manipulate it back into place? No, it's well, yeah, it, it went back in, but it was now like swollen. So I couldn't open it and chew. I couldn't move my mouth. Oh my God. Were your so parents- I had to, go ahead. my dad was there. Yeah. Were your parents worried about you? Worried about you pursuing this is what I was going to ask. No, no, I don't think so. I was, well, I was good. So they didn't worry too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think they loved it. My dad, like he traveled to 
almost every match that he could make it Aww. to. He he traveled to all of them, especially in college. He would he would make the trip. Uh, my mother, she I, she was way more supportive of that wrestling than what I do today, which is crazy really? because this is my career. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did she like, feel about that? When I started being to train as a pro wrestler, she was like, "Man, that's stupid." <laughs> she just wanted me to do the other stuff. Um, what's the other stuff? Uh, oh, oh you wrestling. mean like, yeah, yeah. yeah? Sorry, what do your parent? What did your parents do? My father, for most of my life, worked uh, in at Kodak. Kodak was like a huge company in Rochester, and he was in the digital imaging department. So he. Was he was in charge of like bringing the brand new cameras and and printers to all these like trade shows in different countries? So I got to like the very first digital cameras were in my house, which That's so cool, wild, yeah. I remember you had these cameras that like you put a floppy disk in, you could take like three <laughs> pictures, and then that's it. Uh-huh. Uh, I got to play with like the first versions of Photoshop and oh, wow. learn it that way. He. um and my mother is a uh, is a nurse, and as uh, we got older, she started like transitioning into uh, hospice care and became the uh, the vice president of the uh, the hospice care unit in Rochester. That's intense work. It was yeah, her. It, it was perfect for my career, though. I got a nurse when I get hurt. And yeah, I got a, <laughs> uh, photographer. photographer guy for yeah for my promos. Is um, are your are your do your parents have the a similar positive outlook to you? I'm specifically uh, wondering about your mom who works in hospice care. Well, I don't, I, I don't I, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying like that's such intense work. I I sort of wonder what that does to someone to be constantly around people at the end of their life. I mean, they seem like generally happy people. My father's no longer with us. He died when mm. I was uh, 2010, I think. That sounds about right. Uh, but I don't know. They always kind of had a positive outlook on life. It might be made my life easier. They never really gave me, they never really showed me their fear or doubt. Yeah. So your mom is, but also I was the youngest of four. So like I was forgotten about a lot and left playing in my room by myself, uh, or the basement. So maybe I wasn't around to see the dark times, (laughs) but so your mom is not into what you do now. She is supportive of me. I don't think she fully understands what I do, but she definitely under, like realizes how it's a big deal and she loves that I do it. And she's proud of me. She is proud of me now. Now. <laughs> what was it like at the beginning? Dismissive, I guess. Did she think it was silly? Yes. Yeah, she did. Uh, but I mean, it's weird. It's a very weird world to like, just kind of understand real quick. I had been around it my, my, almost my entire life. So like, I, I kind of figured it out from the inside, but if you just like show it to somebody and like, Oh yeah, they do this. It, they have a thousand questions and they don't really understand any of what you tell them. Mm. I mean, you, do you fully get it yet? Oh, I now get that it. You're- <laughs> I get it because I went to a match. I don't know if you've heard about all this. Um, I going to uh, 
we went to to see AEW. At oh, you Forum. went when they were in LA. Yes, nice. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ask her what time she showed up. Okay, Wait I was hoping. Minute. I was hoping this wasn't going to come up. You know, I had to. I assume it's a six o'clock start. Or was well, it a five that's what I assumed. It was a three o'clock. It was a fucking three o'clock start. First, well, they that said was, it's that was start the gates. The gates were open at three. Whatever. According to RJ, I should have been there the night before. <laughs> I, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I was quite late. Daniel could not leave at the time we needed to leave because of work. We hit a ton of traffic and then we got there and there was a ton of construction and we couldn't, we got bounced back and forth between the forum parking lot and SoFi. Like they kept saying, you can't park here. You got to park at SoFi. SoFi was like, you can't park here. You got to park at the forum. And we were just driving back and forth for like an hour outside. I mean, it was like such a debacle. It was such a debacle. Um, I, fi- I got there in time to see the ladder match, to see a little bit before the ladder match. And then we also saw Dark records after, right? No, uh, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, Rampage. Yeah. I miss Dark. Um, but according to but RJ, I have spit in the face of the entire industry by being that late. You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't show up that late to Phantom. You wouldn't show up that late to Cats. Where do you get off? Is what he said. <laughs> and I don't think he's entirely joking. No, he's a little right. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you, it's fine. If you feel that way, it's fine. I have. I, I mean, you I, got there for I the show. Bad. You just missed dark, which no, she missed, missed, she missed ninety minutes of dynamite. <laughs> oh, it's only a two-hour show, Allison. <laughs> I feel terrible. It is not what I wanted to happen. I was, I was like despondent. And it's night. a show. There's a there's okay. a through line throughout the whole evening. You show is, up thirty minutes in. What do you? You don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. Let's discuss this for just. Oh, I can't, I can't believe. It. Thank you, thank you, Tony. Thank You're you welcome. so much. Look, I'll so say in your defense, though, I will say within maybe five minutes of sitting down, she turned because she was sitting next to me, and she turned to me and she goes, "I totally get it now." I will oh, say good. that she sincerely did say that immediately. I feel like I get it so much more, and I had so much fun for the amount of time that I was there, and I feel awful that i didn't get there sooner i feel bad i didn't know rj was going to be there i think he feels slighted that i was i don't know but this he, he was working he couldn't have hung out with you i know <laughs> <laughs> that was what i thought i didn't even know he was going to be at the venue but well we're coming back the running ring of still- honor there yes yeah. i know i'm i'm for sure going and i will for sure be on time <laughs> go now Get in line. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it is still being brought up to me repeatedly <laughs> over and over and over. And I think I think it'll be brought up forever. Part of me thinks that might be uh, like a better experience. If you were to get there and watch early and like watch everybody file in, it, it wouldn't be as jarring as it is to walk into it with everything going on. Like the second you walk into an arena of packed arena with like lights and music going on, that's overwhelming. And it's like a change of scenery on like the flip of a dime from calm concourse to show. So I support showing up late. Just- Thank you very <laughs> much. But anyway, yes, to your point, no, Mr. I don't Positive. quite, <laughs> I don't quite get it. Um, I, I, I feel like I'm getting it more and more. 
but I understand it is like a bizarre world. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know that I'm a huge, huge fan of therapy. I go every single week. Uh, actually, I do it via Zoom every single week. It helps me immensely. Um, it helps me just feel better, have a place to go to sort of talk through things that are on my mind, things that are bothering me. A big thing for me is always like, this situation, is it me? Is it the other person? Is it a combination? Um, and therapy is just really good at helping you kind of tease out those things. Um, it also, I mean, I don't think I would be in a healthy relationship that led to a healthy marriage were it not for therapy. So for me, it's been huge, and I recommend it for anyone who's even open to it or even if they're not open to it. Uh, listen, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash best friend today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, better H-E-L-P dot com slash best friend. Okay. Let's talk about your character for a moment. Um, Mr. Positive. Mr. Positive. <laughs> right. Where no I come out and be like, I wish everyone could win. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you're Dalton Castle. You were Ashley Remington in Chikara, which uh -huh. by the way, did you know that Melissa Joan Hart follows your Ashley Remington Twitter account? No, I didn't. Yes, she does. Oh, explain it to me. All of it. I, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, need to, I have that pass. I got to figure out how to get back into that account. Have you all, uh, what was your character when you first started? All right. It was similar to this. Um, well, at least my attitude was I've always been loud and like, guess, grasping at straws and trying to grab attention. When I first started wrestling, I, I think I wore, I wore these like black trunks with like yellow stars on. I didn't have gear, but my friend uh, Jimmy did. He had these old trunks he gave me. He let me wear. They were Macho Man's tights. <laughs> they, Macho Man had this three stars across yeah. the, the front, so I, I wore those. Uh, I had these like white kick pads that I borrowed, and then I was tying tassels around my uh biceps like the ultimate warrior and that's what i thought i was gonna be i'm like yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna just do what i liked when i was a kid i'm gonna mm -hmm. try to be an 80s guy and I, over the years i mean developing a character early in wrestling is very difficult to do because you don't even know how to wrestle yet so right. it was tough to focus on a character and the moves so it took me a few years to like kind of figure out the that part of it and then once that started clicking uh then i started experimenting with other things and just kind of adding colors i had this uh tag partner from upstate new york uh, his name is will calrissian and when we started teaming together we we based <laughs> most of our uh our team off the song from katie perry peacock <laughs> 
So we're just like, okay, we're the peacocks. And we, uh, we came out, we would wear, we would wear the masks, like these feather masks that the boys wear today. Mm-hmm. We had these, uh, like suit jackets with tassels down the sleeves again, like macho man, Randy Savage. And we would just come out and just be ourselves. It was really just kind of make each other laugh and our friends all laugh. And as I started progressing, I was starting to get into different uh, cities and wrestle more. Uh, He wasn't able to travel with me every time. So I had to go singles a lot. And I remember I was in Pittsburgh and Tommy Dreamer, who's like um, a a very respected and a legendary wrestler that I grew up watching, Mm. he was on the show and I was asking him advice after, and he was like, yes, you're, you're, you're good. I mean, you look right. And I know you're, you know what you're doing in the ring, but I don't know what the hell you are. Like you come out, <laughs> you've got the, all these like tassels, you wear these like bandanas on your wrist. I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, it ain't clear. And that like stuck with me. I was like, oh, I need to figure something out here. And I added a cape. <laughs> I was like, that'll what, solve it. <laughs> what name what name were you performing as at that point? Dalton Castle. Okay. I was calling myself the uh at the time I was calling myself the party peacock. I was still the peacock. Mm-hmm. I was a peacock but, for a long time. By the way, when I was in a band, I feel like we got that same advice. Like, like from looking at you guys, like I can't tell what you're doing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was like an image. Wild because like I know what I'm doing. Why can't you see it? Yeah. I'm the um, cool one. <laughs> okay, so you got a cape. That was the way that you implemented Tommy Dreamer's advice was you got a cape. Yeah. Um, I think at one point I ended up getting like a tryout for WWE and it it didn't didn't end in a job. Uh, so that was a moment of where I thought it was kind of over. Mm-hmm. Like I get to the, uh, the, like when you start wrestling, WWE is like the goal. It's like the right. only thing, you know, there is out there. So once that opportunity came, I went down there and I really thought this was it. I, I was so miserable at my radio job. Uh, I was like, this is it. I'm out of here. I don't have to take this shit anymore from all these talentless hacks telling me what to do on the air. I'm going to go be a wrestling star. And then it didn't happen. And I thought it was over and i was like well if they don't want me so what do i what's left for me so there was like maybe three four months of just kind of like going through the motions as the wrestler and there we go that was a depressing time Mm -hmm. i didn't know what was going to happen with myself and then i just i i went to a ring of honor show in new york and I called I called up a uh, Rhett Titus. He's a guy who's been there for a long time. He uh, he I wanted to come help set up the ring. I said, I'm going to be in New York the day of the show. And he let me come. I set up the ring. Uh, I met a bunch of people. And then when the show started, it, it was in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And it was oh, cool. it was their biggest show of the year it was final battle. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. The crowd like came alive the building started like vibrating the second like jethro tall music starts playing they play this song 
uh, before every Ring of Honor show. And like the crowd starts banging on the metal boards, the lights are going and like my heart starts racing. I'm just sitting in the wings watching all this. And it just dawned on me. I was like, I don't fucking need WWE. Like I can go and be king of the Indies and this can be my home. And that just like ignited a new spark in my heart where I was motivated again. Mm-hmm. I started taking more bookings and being more positive about it. And I started going, uh, my friend in, in Toronto, Ashley six was running a show and he suggested showgirls to come out with me when he's like, I'm going to get showgirls with like the feathers and stuff to, to come out with you. So we were just chatting one day, uh, on messenger on Facebook and like mm-hmm. sending these like videos back and forth. And he sent me a video of this Canadian like pop star. It was like, I don't know. Canada's got talent or something. Mm-hmm. And the guy was wearing like uh, this jumpsuit singing this David Bowie song. And I was like, that is the vibe that I go to. Like, I love Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. And like, there's all these musicians because I work in radio, all these like uh, rock shows that I go to. And I'd see these performers just become different people on stage. Mm. It didn't matter if they were singing well or performing well, what, what their energy was, what the crowd was into. And I was like, what? Like I'm charismatic and loud, but like, why, how do I do what they're doing? But in wrestling. So I bought a, a Elvis costume. It was a gold <laughs> jumpsuit, but it was like $70 and mm. it was flimsy and crappy. And I did not have a lot of money, but I believed in that look so much that I bought the jumpsuit. Uh, I had a cape already. Um, I went and did the show with, there was three showgirls that came out with me. We didn't block any of it out. We just kind of did a weird dance. They undressed me. It was (laughs) weird, (laughs) but the crowd was into it. And I liked the vibe of it all. And I, when it came to the back, uh, my friend Ashley goes, Hey man, how'd it go? And I said, it was great but I think they need to be boys. Mm. And it just like clicked. And immediately on the drive home, I start like thinking of ways to formulate costumes. I went uh, under my bed, pulled out all, I was making my own, my wife makes all my gear. So I was, I pulled out all these remnants of uh, fabric and I like, I can make something out of this. And by the six days later, I was doing a show in Watertown. I had in my head, this concrete uh, entrance that I wanted to do. I went to party city (laughs) <laughs> and there was like this peacock costume with these big feathered wings. I bought that, cut it in half. I was like, these look like fans. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I showed up late. I had to leave my radio job at six o'clock and I had to drive. And I, as I got there, we were like two matches away. Uh, I had called ahead and asked my friend to recruit two, two guys to play the part of my boys. So he grabbed some students. I show up. I'm in a match with seven people. Oh, wow. And you, with if you have seven people, you can't just improvise. You have to all be on the same page. Otherwise, you can't communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And instead of going over the match with everybody, I grabbed these two guys and I went in the corner and I rehearsed our entrance <laughs> for, up until the match time. And like, all, I didn't really I don't remember much of what the match was. But I nailed that entrance. And when I came back, uh, one of my friends was like, hey, man, I saw that on the monitor. You look like a fucking star. And I was like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then a couple weeks later, I added the wings with the the whole open thing, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of snowballed. Have you you have not had the same? I don't even know if you talk about this. You did not. You have not had the same boys the whole time, right? It's like a menudo situation. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, now now I've got like my my boys prime. So They're when twins. I yeah the Tate twins, Brant and mm-hmm. Brandon, they are excellent at being boys they are like it's unbelievable how perfect they are and how, how did great you find they are them? doing it it was just luck i was doing the uh the act for maybe two or three years before ring of honor gave me a look and they they were giving me a spot in nashville it's like this top prospect tournament where like they kind of showcase new guys and i had done a tryout for them and they offered me the spot and when i showed up they uh, they said, uh, well, we, we want you to do the whole entrance. We saw it. We like what you did. We want you to do the thing. And then I asked uh, Kevin Kelly, who's an announcer for New Japan now. He was an announcer for Ring of Honor at the time. I said, uh, I, I need two guys for my entrance. Do you know anybody I can use? And he just looks over and he goes, well, the Tates are twins. <laughs> can you use them? And... So I asked them and they were like super excited to be a part of the show and took it serious. We went through the blocking uh, I, ring of honor doesn't have ring steps uh, or at the time they didn't. Mm-hmm. So like you had to be athletic to get in it. There was no steps to walk up. Right. And I'm in this like, like jump in right or roll or yeah. whatever they do. And I'm in this cheap jumpsuit that I'm afraid is going to rip. Mm. So, <laughs> so I'm like, how the hell am I going to get in? And then it just like, I was like, Oh, what if I make them into, can I, can I make them into stairs? Would that be okay? <laughs> I asked and they said, yeah. <laughs> and right. And it's perfect. Was, Cause if it was women, I think people would be like, what? And I, because it's boys. I've you can done do it. it with women and it's not cool twice. Yeah. The first time. And then another company saw my act and was like, oh, we love it. Ch- we're going to change it though. <laughs> who, <laughs> wait, who, who was that? Uh, they're called impact now, but they were TNA at the time. Oh, uh-huh. they, uh, and you were with them for a little bit? Only for a weekend. So oh. I, I did this show in Nashville. And the second like I opened the wings up, it was like I had been there for years. The crowd was so, so um, polite mm-hmm. and inviting. It, it just made me feel real. And like it filled my filled me with such positive feelings and I uh, confidence that I knew what I was doing was right. And mm-hmm. like the match went well, I'd lost and didn't have a job. So like a couple days later, uh, somebody from TNA called me and said, we want to fly you down for a couple tapings. And when I got there, they were like, they looked at me and they said, Hey, yeah, we had to change it to girls. Boys was too gay. And I just like being a young kid, I, instead of standing up for myself, I just went, okay, mm. yeah, whatever. And I went through it and I, like, I knew it, right from that moment, I knew I wasn't going to work there. I knew I couldn't work there. Well, they were closed minded and stupid and they, you liked my act. What are we changing? Right. You brought me here for me. Let me be me. Right. Um, the the androgyny and the I don't know what I would even I, I just want to touch on the, the Tate twins again. Yes, yes. Um they re- like we were on like the last hour of it was four hours of taping. They I watched them in the corner 
going over the steps of our entrance the entire time. It wasn't their match. It was my opportunity. And they took it so serious and helped me out in such a big way. I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. Like had it not been them, it might've been well, it might've went well, but it definitely wouldn't have gone as well. And they set me up for a lot of success. It was great. So great. Are they, what, what did they do aside from being your boys? Like, are beats they, me. <laughs> like I was wondering if like, are they wrestlers on their own or yes? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very good wrestlers too. Yeah. And we were just champions together. We, uh, we held the ring of honor six man titles for the second time. Uh, I don't know for like eight months. It was a long time. That's awesome. Yes, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry you lost it. You lost your belt. It's okay. You know, going through TSA has gotten a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what I was going to say is like the androgyny and the, I don't even know if it's accurate to say homoeroticism. Like I, it seems like other people like that, the it's just DNA. hot, Allison. It's just <laughs> hot say, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Level. The heat. Yeah. Like obviously the TNA person thought that that was an aspect of it. Um, is any of that intentional? Is it just, this is your expression? Yeah. I'm not trying to push buttons or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm legitimately doing what I'm attracted to, and the characters I see on these stages and who I uh, admire and find inspiration from, they act this way, mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable doing this. So that's who I want to be. Uh, this sexual. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we did hear that. Yes. <laughs> it was just my Pharaoh cane. Oh, yes. We have one of those, too. Right here. Oh, Me Tony, too. we have... <laughs> hey, purple one. Oh, we my have God, the... If you have one right next to you, that'd be perfect. Uh, it's in the house, but it's purple. It's like the same as Tony's, except it has little bite marks all over it, because Wendy... I'm just going to get a couple knots it. out real quick. Yeah, do it. Ah. <laughs> what were you saying? I don't remember. Uh, you were saying that you're not trying to push buttons. This no, is just, just just being awesome. Yeah. So when you had your radio show, and you had a radio, you were you were a radio guy for years. Yeah, about um, eight years. What was the format? I started in a alternative new rock in Rochester. I did about three years there. Um, oh boy! So I I started in weekends, and I got that job because I, I graduated with a broadcast degree. And I had broadcast and theater degree, and I don't know what to do with my life. And the only jobs in Rochester are either the news or radio. So I got a job in the promotions office, which is where you just go to like the strip club and hang banners up and give away prizes, which, oh boy, what a job. Mm-hmm. And we had these like sessions where they would bring like uh, the band in who's playing what, whatever club that night they'd come in and we'd bring a couple of listeners in for like an acoustic session or a meet and greet. And the listeners would show up and we put them in this conference room and they just sit there bored. Mm-hmm. And our, so I just start entertaining the people talking to them, like asking them all these questions. And I just never stopped making sure they were distracted that they were just waiting to, to meet Carolina liar, which well, <laughs> Who's going to wait around three hours for that? Whatever. But <laughs> the program director at the time, she was in there. Her name was Therese. And she just loved 
that I was ambitious and not scared. And she said, Hey, you want to be on air? And I go, absolutely. So they started training me. I did weekends for a couple uh, months and then uh, the night guy got fired. So I got to do nights. And then after a couple months of that, uh, we would, our station played Opie and Anthony. Mm -hmm. Uh, They played the replay in the afternoon. So Opie and Anthony would do their morning show. We would get the recording and air it in the afternoons. And it was huge. It was a big show in Rochester. So they got fired and the, I immediately got put on air for the afternoons. So I was just brand new to it. And everyone hated me. I was going to say, yeah, people are expecting Opie and Anthony. Mm-hmm. O and A. That's what we call them. I yeah. don't know who calls them that. And then they so many you. phone calls. Yeah. They're like, where's O and A? And I just got sick of it. And I just started saying, Oh, you didn't hear? They died. And I would try to tell everybody <laughs> that they, they died. And then I got oh in my trouble God. from my program director for that. <laughs> did you use uh, a special radio voice or did you use the one that we're hearing right now? Was it a little radio ear? I would maybe the first couple of years, probably. Yeah. I remember being real nervous. Like anytime I would crack the mic, like I would be, I would never, I would, I would never sit. I was always standing and I'd like get that, get that stance, like on the thing. YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen to see the stance. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be hot. (laughs) (laughs) See see the hot stance and the, and the shiatsu massager thing. Yeah. I was yelling a lot into the microphone, which now not a good thing to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. That's the voice I would use. Guy who's too nervous, so he just screams and talks real fast. How did your? What did your mom think of your radio career? Oh, she liked that. She thought that was cool. Yeah, she would listen and then like text me when she hears it. She's very proud of that. Oh, that's sweet. Were you a good student? And I ask because when I was trying to think of an ac- anagram, anagram, acronym. Anagram, anagram, acronym. I don't know. Uh, to recall the order of the planets, which I do know now. Um, <laughs> you said PEMDAS. PEMDAS. And yeah. PEMDAS. Uh, and I didn't know what that was. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, I remember learning this. But I feel like only a good student would remember that. Oh. Well, my father was also a math teacher for oh. part of my life. So I didn't know that. Okay. That b- that was burned into my brain too. Left that part out. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I only talked about the interesting parts of his job. Yeah. Some people find math fascinating. So, but were you a good student? I, not at first. No, there was talk of like holding me back when I reached middle school. I got kicked out of class a lot. I was very starving for attention, which mm-hmm. I've calmed down a lot now that my career is like my outlet, but I would get kicked out for joking around too much. I spent a lot of time in in in-school suspension and Mm. uh, my freshman year, I was in earth science. I remember my teacher just had it with me. I did something. I think I threw like a wadded up paper towel, wet paper towel at somebody's face Mm. during a lot. And he, my earth science teacher kicked me out of class for the rest of the year. There was (laughs) like two and a half weeks left. (laughs) for the rest of the year you're gone uh but what came clear is as i got better in high school wrestling uh i had to do good in school i wanted to switch high schools my parents threatened to not let me do that or they were gonna send me to a catholic school Mm. if uh if i didn't get honor roll and 
if I wanted to continue wrestling, I had to be good at school. So I just did, I did what it took. I did the bare minimum to stay okay. on the team. Got it. I started did- sitting in the front row so I wouldn't screw around anymore. You buckled down. I did. I figured it out. How did you meet your wife? She was going to massage therapy school in Rochester, and she was classmates with my roommate's uh, girlfriend at the time. And what happened was, I believe she was watching a YouTube video that we made. We, w- I would, I would always make like little skits and videos through my whole life. I still do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm still making Planet Peacock on YouTube. That's bizarre. I've been doing it for almost, <laughs> holy crap, almost 30 years. Uh, but she saw me in one of their videos and said she wanted to meet me because I was hot. <laughs> so yeah, I went to a party and met her there. And the rest romance. Is yeah. Well, it was a romantic evening. We, uh, we were at a, it was a, it was there, somebody in their class was having like a party with like a fire, like a big bonfire. This is an adult party, by the way. Okay. We were the youngest people there. How old were you though? 22, maybe 21. Oh, you guys have been together for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 15 years about. Wow. And now she's leaving you for the NASA guy. It's about time. She moves <laughs> up in this life and gets out of this world. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, I was a sweetheart too. Like, so she was throwing fireworks into the fire secretly. She threw, she threw fireworks into the fire and they, they started going off. And as everybody scattered, I grabbed her and used her as a human shield. <laughs> <laughs> and I think at that moment, she was like, this guy, he's a protector. I want to date him. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, but at that point, did you already know that she liked you? Had well, already been communicated to I you? was told this girl thinks you're hot. Right. You, okay, yeah, so you had, yeah. you had already been told that. Got yeah. it. Um, okay, let's see here. What time is it? We're taking up your whole evening, but we have Just Me or Everyone, Hey, Go Fuck Yourself, and some questions. Let's quickly do Just Me or Everyone. Oh, okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Just me or everyone. Okay, do you happen to have one? I can I can pull one out. All right. Is it just me? Or does everyone think about how our bodies are made up of trillions of microorganisms? And you're like thinking about this with your brain that you think is yours, but then you realize your brain is also made up of trillions of little microorganisms. So you're like, hey, is it me or is it we? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that thought, but I will now. But sometimes when I see a like super magnified picture of all the like little mites and shit that live all over your skin, then I want to die. Do you get itchy? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, all right. You have to take care of those. They're reliant I, I, on you, Allison. I know. It's a real symbiotic They want you to eat right. They yeah. want you to be happy. They want you to scrape your skin off. 
<laughs> what should I do? What's what's the like? What should I do to take care of them? Periodically oh. spill food on my arms or something. Yeah. <laughs> they love Slurpees. Go to Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> Just pour it all over you, like a juggalo with fago. Just dump it. Yes, in <laughs> yes. Um, do you happen to have a hey go fuck yourself? Uh, the people on the plane who stand up in the aisle as soon as the seatbelt <laughs> sign goes off. <laughs> Especially the man last week who was sitting on the window and I was in the aisle Mm-mm. and oh. said to me, hey, can I get out and get my bag? And I had to explain when it's your turn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Do you enjoy those kind of exchanges? Like, do no. you enjoy? No. No, because why am I still teaching this lesson, which is so plainly obvious to me and most of the world why Mm. why, how are people still doing this are they just not looking around do you not see that there's nowhere to go and also you're making it longer for us all to get off the plane Mm -hmm. if we all just filed out the way it should be done you know it's incredible aew we uh we usually take a a a bus from the hotel to the venue and it's remarkable when we pull in and everyone stays seated and they file one by one. Everyone gets up and it gets out so smoothly and it makes me so happy. I was like, oh, we all go through the same Aww. problem every week on the plane. And now I look bet at us. Those other promotions, their buses are chaotic. Probably. They don't even have don't buses. Um sorry. So we 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 gotta get you have to you have to um eat dinner. Say, <laughs> so, you have to you say, so hey, blah, blah, blah. And then Tony will play the drop. Oh, so hey, impatient people on the plane. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Thank you. No, I don't like right. this harsh language. You know what? I take it back. I'm sure they've got some reason. Maybe they're going to miss their flight. I feel bad. Maybe it's their first time traveling. They're about out of time. Let's keep it positive, everybody. No, I think that there's like special dispensation for someone who, if the plane's there late and they're trying to make a connection, they get, to, you know, but he would have said that if that were the case. He was just being an eager beaver. Um, okay. We have some questions you apparently have dinner you need to eat, so we'll get through these quickly. I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon! Bonus episodes of The Friend Zone. That's my Patreon podcast. There's a level where you can watch the Thursday shows. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. All sorts of fun behind-the-scenes content. All sorts of fun stuff. If you do the annual subscription, you get two months free. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And you can send in questions for my guests. And then I also took some questions on Twitter. And we have a song. They send them in, they're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans Okay Let's see here Oh, turns out I need glasses, okay Ooh, you look so much smarter (laughs) Thank you, okay Um, My question, okay, this is from Sam Randall I will read the preamble. I wrote this as a just me or everyone, but have to say again that at first glance, I can get Dalton and Nick Weiger mixed up, especially now that Nick has longer hair. Nick uh, uh. is a uh, co-host of the Doughboys. Okay. And a big oh. wrestling fan. Um, my question get is- Get us in the are, same room. I could do that. Do you listen mm-hmm. to Doughboys? No, I haven't. 
Okay. I have, I have, but, you but know I don't it. listen to him. Yeah, I know of it. You know of it, yeah. Um, my question is, what are his favorite TV shows or movies? Does he have any he goes back to again and again? Uh, well, at the moment, doing a lot of Office because uh, I've been listening to a lot of Office ladies. And mm. so, like, it's made me relive all the episodes. And I've it's also too bad it's up- never on TV, though. Well, I don't have cable. <laughs> no, I, it's just funny. If, if it's you on do, every channel, if, isn't it? Yeah, it's on some channel at all times, I'm convinced. Um, in Trailer Park Boys, I oh, yeah. I think that show is incredible. Yeah. What uh, was it, movies too? Or is it? Oh, yeah. Movies well, TV, TV shows or movies. Oh. Are there movies you go back to over and over? Yeah, I can watch Jaws at any minute, any day if it's on. You know, I've never seen Jaws. Get out of here. I know. I feel like I need to see it. And also I need to get out of here. And also office ladies. That is a real, that's a real, uh, I'm surprised. That's a, it's a surprising pick for you. I think, I don't know. Well, they are so well prepared with like talking about the process of the show Mm. itself. And that part fascinates me. Yeah. Just like breaking down things. I do like to listen to like recap podcasts and things. Okay. Fwam, Fwam, Fwam Dre says, who are Dalton's favorite painters or paintings and what inspires him personally to paint? Thank you. Um, Colors. That's my inspiration. I don't know if I have like a favorite painter uh, as far as like classicals go. Love me some Van Gogh. Who doesn't mm. love that? Some I impressionist. Love- sure. Uh, Jackson Pollock, he's he makes me feel like I can do that, it, but also makes me feel like I can't when I try. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe those uh, will do. I think those will do. Let's see here. Okay. Um, oh, Phineas Coathanger, what is the biggest drawback of being the most charismatic man on the planet? It's just it's a terrible burden, you know? People just flock to you, and they always want more. They never get enough. Mm. These don't seem like real sincere questions. <laughs> and Nick Wester wants also, to know... What? I just thrown some more charisma your way. Oh, That's oh, all. thank you. Uh, what was the deal with Smooth Sailing Ashley Remington and the fruit baskets? That's none of their goddamn business. Why don't you ask wow. Smooth Salon about that? The guy's smooth, and he and he uh, and everyone loves him, and he's just a great guy. Did you ever watch that? You should watch some Ashley matches. You'd like it, Allison. Okay, I will. But I think I forget if we told you or not that um, Daniel signed up for whatever old wrestling is carried on. So we were watching an old wrestling match and very entertained. Oh. The one I just did is the Phantom. Yes, where where you're the Phantom and you wear masks because you're too handsome. It was so fun. Okay, so those shows are run by a friend of mine that he, I always wanted to be a part of him, but I was always contracted to Ring of Honor and wasn't able to. So mm-hmm. was, not to mention, I got nervous that night because RJ when in when I watched his performance and I was like, oh no, I'm not going to do anything as clever and as well thought out as what he's doing. It was. Just a great night. Everyone, I still haven't watched that show back. I need to get on Oh, you that. should watch it. It's yeah. very entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really good. Uh, well, Dalton, I have three yes. Phantom masks. Three. 
Why? At any minute. You don't know. Raul might show up. <laughs> that was a very European way you did three. It's a use your res- thumb. It's a wrestling thing. That's how they score the points. Oh. Wait, why? do you call it European because of uh Inglorious Bastards? No. Uh I just know that in no, it's I when I was in Europe, they too is like they use the thumb and like Whereas I would just hold up two fingers like rabbit ears. Peace sign, yeah. In yeah, in Europe, I noticed that it was thumb and forefinger. So I don't know. It started in high school. Like they score wrestling points like that in, I guess in freestyle. It is, I guess it is easier to see from far away than if it were. Th- no, and also easier on the hand. You like strain tendons in the back. Come on, guys. America, use the thumb. Let's thumb it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Thumb it up. That's Dalton, the quote this was the episode. so nice. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I, hey, I thanks don't for know. having me. Yeah, I am going to try to make you do another show when you come to town. I don't know if you'll have time, but I will. I will try to make you. And I will make time. I would Aww. love to do it. Uh, Thank you. I would much rather be doing this in person with you. I feel like there's this weird disconnect over the Zoom. There is, uh, yes. And mm-hmm. I'm still holding back and not opening up to you. So if you want to no. get to know the real me, invite me over. Let me go in your pool. Do you have a pool? I don't have a pool, but you can pee. <laughs> no podcast. House. Damn it. Wait. What if I get... Yeah? Why did you go with pee? Well, I was thinking of like a small, you know, collection you thought, of water. You thought uh, no, I, I want to go in your pool no. to pee? <laughs> no. I would, but I'm saying, look, I cannot offer you the amenity that would be a pool, but I can offer you a toilet if that, you know, so it's like, those you're not are just not one. Those are no way. <laughs> I think they're commensurate. Nah, other than the water being involved. That is it. That water is involved. What you can have some coffee. You? This was going so nice. <laughs> Tony cut that part out too. God damn it. <laughs> the part where he said it was going so nice. No, yeah. keep that in. <laughs> ah, um, look, it's March 31st that you're going to be here. So we could probably get a pool by then. Yeah. Yeah. Start okay, digging we'll- Encino man style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get a pool. Then we can do this in person and it will be delightful. Um, tell everyone plug whatever you'd like to plug. Oh, um, uh, I got a website, theplanetpeacock.com. Uh, the ring of honor pay-per-view March 31st in Los Angeles. If you don't live in the area, go ahead and order that sucker. Mm-hmm. Watch AEW. What else do I do? Oh, I got a Twitch channel. I like when people watch me paint. Although it hasn't been very frequent. So so follow me on that because I don't usually announce when I'm going. I just go. And where, what is your Twitch channel? The Dalton Castle. Okay. And they should follow you on Twitter because I think you often let people know on Twitter when you're going to be on Twitch. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. My Twitter handle on that is at none of your goddamn business. Oh, sassy. Do you identify <laughs> your do you think of yourself as an extrovert? Sure. Maybe you think yourself as an introvert. I don't know. OK, perfect. I'm too, afra- I'm too afraid to say. Well, then this is what we'll get into when you come swim in my pool. <laughs> <laughs> boy daniel's gonna be thrilled oh hey i um, saw that daniel's got my shirt and rj he does. Shirt now. yes he's been That's wearing awesome. them both mm-hmm. wow i'm I, representing i'm, I'm very yeah. proud if we were people who spit in the face of the entire industry would he have your shirts yeah right i don't i feel i've been painting i don't see you wearing the shirt though so i feel like only one part of the family is off the hook God damn it 
Okay. Uh, Tony, what about you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. I want a jingle. That's it. Next time. Next, when you're in one. person, when you're in that pool. Uh, <laughs> Over to <and> this. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm, I know I'm interrupting, but do you have the. We have an RJ one. Do you have that at the ready? Uh, Any of them? Yes. RJ City. Is that you, Alison? No, that's Jackie Johnson, <laughs> frequent oh. guest. Yeah. But, I mean, we can get something whipped up for you, too. Uh, Tony, what about you? Uh, yeah, oh, and then Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. And then I've foolishly been forgetting to plug, there's a new Don't Stop or We'll Die album out called uh, Signature Please, and that's available on all the streaming places now, so... That's about Perfect. it. Perfect. Wonderful. And if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you're subscribed. Please leave us a review. Five stars. Uh, YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen to watch this and subscribe there as well. I already mentioned Patreon. Um, also, if you are an Upworthy Weekly fan, you may have noticed uh, it's not happening anymore. But Todd and I are not leaving. We are now doing our as yet unnamed podcast on Patreon. And there's just one tier. It's just $2 a month. Um, so you can't afford not to, uh, unless you don't want to patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. And that's Allison with one L Todd with one D take it up with our parents. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. I think that'll do it. Dalton. Thank you so, so, so oh, much. Thank you. I got one more plug. I, yes, I left please. out. Uh, please. I, you can also catch me becoming fast new friends with Jimmy Pardo in the near future. <laughs> I can't wait for that blossoming friendship. I did worry a tiny bit i'm like i i kind of want to gatekeep this and then i thought no i'm gonna let it happen you guys are destined to be friends and yeah. i i am gonna foster you that. know i i know this should really be an off-air conversation but i'm just gonna throw it out in the universe we Uh-oh. record a thursday show when dalton's in town <gasps> the other guest jimmy is jimmy oh, yeah um is it meet cute what is it a meet cute. setup yeah a meet yeah. cute oh i'll spill my like I'll spill my like crayons all over the table and he'll be like, Oh, I'll help you with those. It's yeah. gonna be great. <laughs> yes, you should have like a big unwieldy bag with a baguette in it. Uh-huh. And my hair up in a in a bun and glasses. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Like, Pull them it, out. It might work because I think there are only I think the weekend is when are you here for WrestleMania as well? Is that the same weekend? Yes. Is that I that mean, weekend? I think uh, so, yeah. I is yeah I'm I've got friends in the area so I might stay a couple extra days and I mean we'll work it out okay because I think I mean anything Jimmy we do together to will probably be maybe. after after the right. pay-per-view so I'll right. stay a couple days okay perfect I can't wait stay at your um, house thank you yes yes <laughs> you can stay at our house we have bunk beds Ooh, perfect. Daniel and I sleep in bunk beds. <laughs> He's had a bad experience with bunk beds before, though. <laughs> oh yes, no, we don't, we don't, we don't do wedgies. You can sleep in the trundle. I'm bigger um, now. I'm bigger than my brothers. <laughs> they can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Yeah, Alison Rosen, here's your new band.